Welcome back to the Hollow Sky Podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Steven. And Kyle. And thank you for tuning in to hang out with us today. Um, we're going to dive back in to uh, Project Serpo and the Human Exchange Program. So if you haven't listened to last week's episode, you need to go do that or else you won't be caught up as to where we are. So definitely do that. Uh, before we get into all of that, we got to get through the business. So check us out at all our social medias, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Reddit. Uh, we have a Discord. Pretty much. We're everywhere. We are hollow sky worldwide, baby. Pretty much. Pretty much. We did uh, go to the old Dogman Conference in Paris, Tennessee this past week. Surprised our good buddy uh, Tony from the Confessionals and hung out with him. It was a super good time. Uh, Josh Turner from the Paranormal Roundtable uh, hosted an awesome show. Super great turnout for the first conference. Uh, a lot of big names in the paranormal were down there talking about the old dog man. It was it was a pretty pretty dope time. It was cool, and they had some rad ass barbecue too. Oh yeah, barbecue was bussin', bussin'. It was pretty good, as the kids say it these days. <laughs> but we'll it was probably cool, man. we'll probably go into that a little bit more on uh Patreon episode or something like that. So uh, if you're gonna want to listen to that. You know the drill. Get some. So if you have a uh, paranormal encounter you'd like for us to feature on a future show, Kyle's got all of this uh, cool information you're going to want. Yeah. A lot of it's in the show notes, but I'll go ahead and go through it. Uh, the holophone, 1618-556-0837. And there will be... I'm going to try to do things a little bit different with that. So if you notice changes in the future, uh, be prepared. You know, I'm going to kind of try to... Listen to them a little bit and re go ahead and pre-record them to the computer so it makes it a little bit easier in dealing with that. Uh, also, you can use your voice memo apps on your smartphones and then shoot it over to the email, which is going to be hollowskypodcast at gmail.com. And as always, you can, you can just write out your emails, shoot them over, or you can read them. Same with text messages. You can text stories to the holophone or... or on the socials, although I would I would say it would be a, a safer bet to if you're gonna text, I would just do it to the phone instead of the socials because shit gets lost fast on the socials. Like uh, you know, people kind of barrage us from time to time, and you kind of lose track of stories and this, that, and the other. Like I'm still trying to hang on mentally to some of these story ideas that I have because I'm right now I'm I'm going really hard into a certain subject. And I don't want to lose these other subjects either, but it happens. We're trying our best. We we try. <laughs> We're trying our best. Uh, if you'd like to support the show, we've got all kinds of ways to do it. We have a Patreon, like I just mentioned. You can go over there, check that out. We release extra content. We've got all kinds of tiers and goodies that come with those tiers. Check it out. Sign up for something if you're interested in that. We have a uh, Venmo if you'd like to throw us some monster money. We're super appreciative yeah. of uh, everybody that donates. You could also donate enough to get my 1970 Chevelle done. You could fix Kyle's car. So we can start a GoFundMe. I would probably cry. He would cry. I, I, I would almost guarantee it. I would be so excited. <laughs> I would be so excited. Um, what else do we got? Uh, the best thing you could do is share us uh, just with all your weird friends. Yeah. Anybody that listens to podcasts. 
throw a name out there. Any of you, you have friends that are weirdos that are in a cult or that love, are a cryptid hunter or a ghost hunter or live in a haunted house, just be like, yo, you need to listen to these guys. Yeah, and I feel like that's, like, Steve goes over it a lot, but I feel like that's legitimately probably the one, like, the most important thing you could do. Yeah. Is just help us spread. Yeah, our uh, our listener base got referred to as a cult listener base yeah pretty pretty interesting so we are we have a cult following so we're just gonna ride the wave i like it man because i'm into like cult classics and shit so we're just we're just owning it it resonates you guys are dope uh you can also leave a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to your podcasts we appreciate that also important helps us uh kind of push our name up the ranks and kind of make us more visible among podcasts uh today's Comes from our friend Autumn. She left this review on our website. I always forget that we have an, a legitimate website. So that's not being well taken care of because I forget about it. Oh, yeah. She actually messaged me on Discord and told me about that. Said, hey. I, I completely forgot about it until you just said it. <laughs> I just found it. So I was like, this, dur, dur. this is from Autumn. She says, one hell of an awesome podcast duo. Very informed, down to earth, yet constantly thinking outside the box and not afraid to admit that they don't know everything. That's a fucking fact. Yeah. This podcast quickly became a favorite of mine, but not only that, when I joined the Hollow Fam Discord, I saw what great humans they are. I look forward to every new episode, both public, Patreon, and chatting with all of our awesome people in the Hollow Sky Discord. Thanks Shit, for all that. of the kind words, Autumn. And if, they, if you take anything from that, it's that A, me and Kyle do not have any idea what we're doing, and B, you need to join the Discord. I mean... Because there are people in there that know what the fuck's going yeah, on. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with that sentiment more at all. So, Yeah. We appreciate like, you. We like when you leave us nice things. Our listener encounter of the day comes from our friend Jason. It is titled My Own Room. It says, hey guys, from the time of my younger brother's birth, we had shared a room. I wanted to share my story of how I ended up with my own room. This takes place in Virginia. When I was 11 years old, my parents moved us from our cramped cinder block farmhouse that we were qu- quickly outgrowing to a much larger 1800s-era stone plantation house. It was huge by comparison. Two-foot-thick plaster walls, wood floors, a dumbwaiter from the basement kitchen to the second-floor bedrooms. However, eventually my entire family began to experience strange happenings, including the time I was home alone, pretending to be sick to avoid having to go to school, and I called the police because I heard large boots walking around downstairs while while my dog growled at it only for the police to arrive and find nothing. Eventually, we stopped investigating or yelling hello because no one was ever there. We saw shadow figures, lots of them, some the size of small dogs, others fully six feet tall. They were extremely fast, starting from one edge of the room to the other, out of a wall and into the closet, across a doorway and down the stairwell, or just vanishing entirely as quickly as they appeared. I have plenty of stories that I'm happy to share later, but I'm writing about getting my own room. My brother and I shared an old... School 80s wooden bunk beds. I slept top bunk. I had gone to bed normally that night, but I was stirred awake in the middle of the night by the sensation that the entire front of my body and face were being pressed against the cold, hard surface. Assuming I had wedged myself against the wooden bunk bed railing, I began to open my eyes to reposition and fall back asleep. Slowly, I came to the realization that I was pressed against a white wall. The moment this registered, I was slammed back down onto my bed. It was not a wall. It was in fact the ceiling. I'd levitated three feet from my mattress and had been pressed against the ceiling and once conscious, I'd fallen back down. 
I felt no hands or invisible force. There was no presence in the room, just the pressure of being mushed against the ceiling. Was this astral travel interrupted by my own consciousness, or was I actually physically lifted from my bed? I have no idea, but I definitely experienced it as insane as it sounds. The next morning, I drug my mattress to a room on the first floor, off the top bunk, and as the ceiling, and as far from the ceiling as possible. And that's where I stayed for the remainder of our time there. My parents thought puberty and the need for space was the cause. Unfortunately, it was not. Love the show. Keep doing what you do. And uh, Jason sent a picture of the house, which is pretty neat. Um, that is creepy, first off. My mind goes a whole bunch of different directions. Well, I mean, the house had a, well, a dumb waiter. Like, that's just like scary movie one on one. Yeah, yeah. And um, seeing all the shadow figures and stuff, it, there's two essentially paranormal uh, routes you can go with levitation. And it is either possession or alien abduction. Yeah, if it's physical levitation. Yeah. Because he also wondered if it was his consciousness interrupting astral projection which is ironic because i just sent you that video the other day of homie talking about that's what sleep paralysis is it is the beginning step to astral projection the doorway yeah and once you once you remain once you figure out to be calm in it and everything else you can actually leave your body and that's explore true. explore around you know it sounds i'm with steve though it sounds a little bit more on the physical side right that's what I. That's what I think, especially feeling your like self pressed against. Yeah. Because if you were, you would think astral projection, you would go through it. Yeah, you would have been long gone. You think? Yeah, I agree. But yeah, uh, maybe it was abduction, bro. Like, out of all things, that's probably where I would want to go. But then again, you also hear how the ETs can make you go through stuff too. When they're trying to abduct you. The only thing I can think of is maybe it was something in the build of the old house that like possibly protected them from it. You know, like they say, like limestone has qualities and true all this other true. shit. So <clears throat> I don't know. It's that's fucking weird. It would scare the hell out of me too. It's, it's also weird that the windows of the front of this house almost make a cross. Uh, I was thinking the same the thing line, when I was looking the way it at lines it. Lines up with the door. Yeah. So it could have been a target for some other otherworldly not so wholesome characters yeah because i was i was looking at the picture and i'm like i'm like that is a very strange way to put windows yeah i was thinking that too i'll share that on the socials i hope jason doesn't care but he sent the picture and didn't tell us not to share it so i'm gonna do it anyway (laughs) it is what it is um but yeah my that's the two directions my brain went is either that Something was trying to physically harm you that was linked to all this other weird shit that was going on in your house. The shadow figures, the sounds, uh, whatever it was that was consistently keeping you all on edge and kind of halfway terrified living there. Or it could have been an alien abduction that they just couldn't finish off. Maybe they were noobs at it. Or maybe it was the end of your abduction. Where you were bringing, they were bringing you back in. I don't like that. No, sorry about that. That makes me feel icky. Yeah, same. But I don't know, man. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> it sucks. That sucks. I don't. I, I'm not trying to do that either. 
I don't yeah. I don't even know what I would think if I woke up with my face pressed against the ceiling. Yeah, and he said he didn't feel any any force or anything. So it I mean, the way that he worded it was not like he was being pushed up. Yeah. Almost that maybe he was being brought back down. Bizarre. I don't know. I don't know. Really, really bizarre. Weird. Weird. Speaking of aliens, how'd you like that bridge? That was that was clever. Speaking of aliens. Clever. We're going to roll back into this whole uh, Project Serpo and the Human Exchange. I'm excited. Program. I'm excited. This story is pretty cool. So if you have not listened to the first episode from last week, you need to go do that. But as a precursor, I'm just going to touch base here. So basically, the Roswell crash is not how we all perceived it. There were actually two UFOs that crashed. There was a survivor. This survivor was from a very specific planet called Serpo. They, the American military got in contact with Serpo and they decided to do a little exchange. They picked 12 extremely well-trained um, American soldiers slash astronauts, gave them the rundown about this, what they knew about Serpo, and they are sending them to live on this planet to gather as much information as they can find in exchange for one of these uh, extraterrestrial entities from the same planet. So it's essentially a human swap. So go listen to the first episode, and you'll figure out where we are. They must really value the extraterrestrial over human life. Like, we'll give you 12 for your one. I feel like that's exactly how it would play out. Oh, I'm sure. But I, if I was of the 12, I'd be like, you're an ass. Yeah. Like, you could what at a, least got a UFO for me. What a terrible swap. Yeah, you, you are not very good at negotiating. Not at all. So where we left off, they were just, they had just got on the little transport ships to go to the big mothership to travel to Serpo. So from here, I have a bunch of excerpts uh, from their diaries and a bunch of little tidbits that I picked out from these diaries that I decided to share with you. Um, I'm trying to remember what EBE stands for. Ex extraterrestrial Biological Entity is what EBE stands for. So as they're on this ship, they said that the communication with these Ebens, is what they're calling the uh, aliens, was difficult because of the language barrier. As I stated in the last episode, that they talked by using a series of just um, sounds, essentially. Like, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. Frequencies? Yeah, something like that. Like dial tones, almost. That that would be trippy. Yeah, but they said it makes me think of fifty-six K modem. Exactly, and like that, a dial-up Yeah, that's their noise. That uh, sucks. They, they said that they were treated exceptionally well on the uh, UFO. Upon takeoff, they put uh, the Galactic Twelve into a series of cylinders for the travel. They said the travel made them feel really bad, like very disoriented, confused, and dizzy. These Ebens would come in and they would put some sort of gas into the cylinders and almost immediately it would completely alleviate all of these negative side, side effects of the travel. 
They would bring them food, but they said it's not like food from Earth. They're quoted to say, we tried it and it tastes like paper. Really no taste at all. But maybe something, maybe it was just something special for the travel. Their water is very milky looking, but it tastes like apples. It's all very weird to us. As they approach uh, planet Serpo, they are all exceptionally sick. The Ebens keep referring to it in our language as a space sickness. Uh, we're giving, we are given a drink and something like a biscuit, and again, it made us feel better. One of our officers, 308, died in the midst of travel. Uh, again, from the last episode, and they didn't know any, they, they didn't know each other's names. They were just given numerical codes. That way, there wasn't any personal connection because it was pretty much a suicide mission. Right. Yeah. Is what everybody <clears throat> came to. And if you if you get personal connections with people, you do things you wouldn't normally do. You take risks you wouldn't normally take. Right, yeah, that makes sense. It makes sense. So Officer 308 died on the uh, way to the planet. The Ebens have placed him in this long tube and cautioned the rest of the team not to take him out. We imagine it's some sort of precaution to make sure he didn't die of something that would be harmful to their planet. After we land, we are met by a much larger Eben, almost a foot taller than the rest of all that we've seen. This is deemed as their leader. He states that we are welcome on this planet, and uh, the sky is a clear blue, and there are two visible suns in the sky. The ground is dry dirt, much like Arizona or the New Mexico desert. No vegetation is present at all. All of the living quarters are mud huts, or what we would consider adobe huts, some larger than others. All the Ebens are dressed in the same clothing, except some of the Ebens who were on the spaceship. Now I see others dressed in dark blue outfits, also different from the others. Each Eben is wearing some type of box on their belts. They all have belts. We can't see any children, but they also may be the same size as the adults. We're having a very difficult time explaining our sciences to the Ebens. We equate it to how could you explain earth science to an alien entity who has no idea who Einstein or any other great scientist is. Which is kind of a mindfuck. It is a little bit, yeah. Like every everything we know about science and <clears throat> physics and everything are based around human scientists. Where you're on a planet where they didn't even know like humans existed, right. probably. Right. It would be interesting to see if their logic, their their science matched up with ours in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Because if, if not... It gets real screwy. Yeah. And it does. It right. gets real screwy. Okay. I'm sure it does. <clears throat> so they say that Ebens don't have normal sleep schedules. They rest for short periods of time and then go about their day. They essentially... Uh, they power nap. Sleep when they're tired. They power nap. Yeah. They sleep when they're tired and get up and go about their day. Interesting. Uh, they are taken into this big mess hall for a dinner, essentially, is what they said. And they see all these Ebens and everything. But they see this other creature who's not like the Ebens, and he moves through this mess hall. It's stated that this creature has large, long arms and almost floats along the ground with these long tentacle-like legs. It's clearly not an Eben, but when uh, the Galactic 12's leader essentially ask, they're like, well, who, who is this guy? You know, what, what does he do on your planet? He's told that this being is just a visitor on the planet 
the same as the Galactic 12 are. So it almost makes it feel like this planet is a hub. Yeah. Kind of like the, the, the spaceport in Men in Black. Or these Ebens are collecting samples from all over the place. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. I don't I don't like that idea. They uh, talk about a tense, situ- a tense situation uh, involving the body of 308. The team allowed the Ebens to do some experimentation on the body. In turn, of uh, the experimentation that the humans did with the Roswell crash. So as soon as they found the bodies from Roswell, they immediately started to run scientific tests. So this is the same thing the Ebens wanted to do on humans, or on the human, essentially. So they okayed, they okayed that they could do experiments, but everything had to be okayed through the Galactic 12's leader. They had to all agree on it morally and everything else. Apparently, before they could agree on it, 308's body had been completely drained of blood without permission. Just completely drained all his blood. Uh, the Eben leader said that they needed the blood to create and provide medical procedures in case something happened with the rest of the Galactic 12 crew. The team think they're using it for other purposes, though. And they are not liking where it's going. So they go back to camp and retrieve some of the guns and ammo that they'd brought along to go in and try to retrieve the body. So they're, they're going to go by force. Yeah. Another, another thing that I, I want to point out is did they have a specific reason as to why they automatically assumed the Evens were using the blood for more things than just creating uh, medicines or whatever to help? The only thing that I can think of is maybe from like all the cattle mutilations and stuff being drained of blood and how those other documents that came forth talked about how um, the Zeta Reticulans we're using human and cattle blood. They they got nourishment or something from the enzymes. Yeah, and and to be fair, now that I sit here and think about it, like put yourself in that guy's shoes. You know what I'm saying? Like Yeah, you're, you're on an alien fucking planet. <laughs> right. Thing like logic kind of doesn't get to apply quite yet cuz they're still taking it all in. You know, they everything's still new and you kind of, uh, humans have a, a habit of, if you don't know what it is, it's hostile, yeah. right? Like, it's nefarious by nature. It has to be. Especially when it drains the blood of your coworker over here. Right, but to be fair, like... We did the same thing. We did the same thing, and on top of that, their explanation does actually make sense. Like, hey, we need to understand how you guys work if we have any shot of protecting you. Yep. I mean, it, it's not, it's not out of the realm of possibility. No, I mean, it was a good. If it was a cover, it was a good cover. Yeah, yeah, and especially just that—that—that's that, the one they go with. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's no bullshit. There's no cutting corners. Like, this is why we did it. I think, but I'm here. You know, I'm not, I'm not standing on that fucking planet. So, I would want to be like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Just maybe uh, next time ask, please. <laughs> <laughs> so whether they overheard the commander talking to the rest of the Galactic 12 or whether they were reading their minds, apparently the Eben leader knew 
that they were going to go get C4 and guns to get the body back. So he hits this little button on his belt, and all of a sudden, more and more Ebens start showing up. That's doom, unsettling. Doom, doom. So our human comrades are vastly outnumbered at this point. The uh, leader beckons a specific Eben in to kind of calm the situation. They assume by the way he is speaking about what's going on, that this is like a doctor-type entity. Okay. Like, he he knows what the fuck is going on. Another thing real quick. Do you think the Ebens can fight? Like, do you think their we, hand-to-hand skills are worth a fuck? They're, I mean, they're small, but we're about to find out sooner down the line. Okay, because <laughs> I, I, I kind of feel like if they're not big and they're spindly... Like they're the the seventy pound soaking wet kid. You're like, yeah, you're gonna want to call buddies yeah. because I'm about to fuck you up. Like, but the thing I referred to, like in the last episode, they just don't seem too concerned about the humans. Like, right? Like, yeah. Bring your guns. Bring your right. bombs. Bring your nukes. We don't. And care. I mean that I make those statements coming from a a dumb person, right? Because you gotta. You also gotta remember that, like intellectually. They crush us. Yeah. Like, they, they could just... For all I know, they have a lightsaber in their little belt. But, I mean... And they're going to cut me in half. One man on Stardust took him out with a samurai sword. That's so. true. I think it would be interesting to oh, try well, to fist fight one of them little fucks. If we ever make it in the podcast world, we'll start an intergalactic fight club. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> we'll love see. it. <laughs> we'll see where it goes. Love it. Um, This even doctor speaks very good English. So they're thinking that he has studied humans before. That's weird. That's interesting. He proceeds to lead them back to a hut and explain that they have have almost completely used all of 308's body. That's weird. Uh, Another quick note. I keep interrupting, but I apologize. The doctor who can speak really well English. Yes. It makes me wonder the... What do you call it? Like the accent of the English, right? Like, because if, if in older times, yeah, they enunciated things differently. They, you know, what I'm saying. So, like, it would, it would, it would be an interesting if they would have been able to pick that up. If it was current dialect, or if maybe he had some old timey shit. Like, oh, these guys have talked to us before, but it was probably right around this time frame. That would be cool. That it would be an interesting... And you can almost, almost pinpoint dialect to like different areas. Right, of, exactly. I like that. Yeah. Like that. So he's explaining to them, like, yo, getting guns and trying to retrieve the body is pointless because we've almost completely used all of the body. That would be a shitty feeling. And, yeah. And he also tells them... That the blood was not used for medical purposes. Oh, I stand essentially, corrected. essentially, but it was used for cloning procedures to replicate human cells. So I guess, in theory, okay, okay, they could use that. All right. So I obviously see the nefarious implications here. Yeah. However, I have also watched Starship Troopers. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't seen that in a long time. But you remember? I think there was a part where, dude. Got his arm blown off or whatever it was. And they were able to basically, on the spot, clone him a brand new one. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Maybe that is the direction. But regardless, 
when you use the word cloning, that obviously is a fucking red flag. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to sugarcoat that one at all. Making a human, or, or makes you wonder if they're cloning humans to seed the earth with essentially Ebens that look like humans. Could be. There could be a, a million and one po- possibilities. You know, they could they could mix our DNA with any species that they've come in contact with. Uh, man, like the the possibility, they could, they could start cloning. For all I know, they could start cloning motherfuckers on that planet so they've got an undeniable unending food source fuck <laughs> exactly we're just a grocery we're just an intergalactic grocery store i don't like that <laughs> so they're hit with this whole uh blind side about the cloning procedures and the doctor's trying to be as forthcoming as he can so he tells them he's going to take them to their cloning facility so they are loaded from this hut into this like weird heli transport device, and they are taken to this cloning facility. I have a couple paragraphs here of exactly. Hey, Hollow Cult, the weather's getting nice, and you know what that means? It's cryptid hunting season, and the first rule to cryptid hunting is good footwear. That's why we're excited to announce our partnership with Tacovis Boots. When you're out hunting the dogman or stalking Chupacabra, you don't have time to break in boots. That's why Tacovis is so nice. They have first wear comfort. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with their styles when you're out hunting cryptids. And let me tell you, their styles are on point. I've always considered getting me a pair of snakeskin boots, and their pair is mint. They also have crocodile boots, caiman boots, ostrich boots, Regular leather boots, they they have it all, and it's re- it's ridiculously awesome. You can even stop by their the local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in store experience like it. So just imagine yourself getting a pair of legitimate snakeskin hollow sky branded boots. How awesome would that be? Nothing is going to intimidate a dog man like a nice pair of gator skin boots. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. A new year, time for new growth. Grow your education and skills with Herzing University. Our online behavioral health programs fit your schedule and time. From an eight-month diploma program in health and human services to a 36-month bachelor's in psychology. Grow your behavioral health career with us wherever you are in your education. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Visit us online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109 the excerpt from the diary that was shared to the website. I'm going to read it. It says, We were led into another room where there were rows of containers looking like glass bathtubs. Inside each bathtub were bodies. I was shocked, as were 700 and 754. Bodies, strange-looking bodies, not human bodies, at least not all of them. We started walking down the space between the tubs. We looked into the tubs, and these were hideous-looking creatures. I asked the doctor what type of creatures were inside these tubs. 
The doctor told us that these creatures came from other planets. 700 asked the doctor if these creatures were dead when they arrived, or did the Ebums bring them here dead? Uh, the doctor said that all the creatures were brought to the planet alive. 700 asked if the creatures were kidnapped or brought here against their will. The doctor was not sure of the word kidnapped. He seemed puzzled. The doctor asked about the question. 700 said that these creatures were taken from another planet and brought to Serpo without permission from them or their leaders of the planet. The doctor said these beings were brought here for experiments. These creatures are not intelligent beings. EBE-2, which I know I didn't touch on very much, but this was what they found to be a female Eben who kind of got close to the Galactic 12 and was kind of the liaison between them and the Ebens. So she's kind of like an ally on the planet. So if you hear EBE-2, that's who we're referring to. She probably thought one of them was hot. Could be. Um, real quick, though. If if the doctor... I'm stuck on this fucking speaking English well for some reason. But it is ironic to me. I understand. I do understand that there are like language barriers. Words translate differently amongst languages. Uh, however, you're a hyper-intelligent species. You know uh, English dialect, and you conveniently don't know what the word kidnapping means. Yeah. Well, I mean, now that I'm thinking back, the Ebens didn't know English language. They gave them a crash course, remember? So this could have been the guy. Uh, that yeah, was, true, true. This could have been the guy that was just trying to. True. Take True. in all of the English True. language to put it together. And let's be honest, I'm gonna I'll play devil's advocate here. Uh we would do the exact same thing. If we found planets where we deemed, even if we fucking deemed they were intelligent, we let's not them. sugarcoat. Yes, we would we would without doubt correctly use the word kidnap <laughs> and kidnap. Everything. Our governments, our governments kidnap people on our own planet, right. so they wouldn't think twice kidnapping people on other planets. Exactly. So, so yeah, I mean it's fair. It it would just like I also understand from the Galactic Twelve standpoint, like this is all like this is literally out of a sci fi horror movie at, at aspects, right? Yeah, at turns. When I read this, I'm like, why isn't this a movie? Yeah, because it's playing out like a movie, right? So EBE two kind of told the doctor like like are the are these creatures how we would equate animals? You know, we do experiments on animals. We don't really take into consideration that they have any sort of consciousness or anything like that. So now that the doctor understands the word animals, he goes on. He says, all these creatures are essentially animals from other planets. The doctor didn't seem to understand the word animal that well, but EB2 and the doctor decided to exchange more words. And then the doctor agreed. I then asked if any of these were any, or if there were any intelligent creatures in the building. The doctor said yes, but that all of them were dead when they arrived on Serpo. So he's kind of covering his bases here. 700 asked to see these creatures. The doctor corrected 700 by saying beings. So not creatures, beings. Okay, that makes you feel a little better. Yeah. Because he's, either that or he's really fast, you know, really quick on his feet. Yeah. But that, that does make you feel like, okay, we no, like... Hey man, you got to respect the fact that these are clearly way different than what we're talking about right here. Yeah. And they acknowledge it. They said, "Okay, right. I guess creatures are animals and beings are like humans." Let me first write down the description of these creatures inside these tubs. 
They are not all alike. The first creature I see in the tub looks like a porcupine. It appears to have a tube placed inside it. The tube leads to a box underneath the tub. The second creature I see looks like a monster. It has a large head, big, deep-set eyes, no ears, a mouth, but no teeth. It is about five feet long and has two lower legs, but no feet. It has two arms, but it doesn't appear to have any elbows. It has hands, but no fingers. This creature also has a long tube going through it. The next creature looked like nothing I can even compare it to. It had blood-red skin, two spots in the middle, maybe eyes, no arms or legs, had a very strange odor. The skin appeared to be blotchy with scales, maybe like a fish, maybe it is a fish. The next creature was human-like, but the skin was white. Not skin white, but the color white. The skin was wrinkled, the head was large, with two eyes, two ears, and a mouth. The neck was very small. The head almost looked as if it sat on the lower torso. The chest was thin, with large bone-like protrusions. The arms were curled, with hands but no thumbs. The legs were also curled, with feet but only three toes. I couldn't look at any more creatures. Sound like a damn rake. It's weird. Yeah. It's weird. Because there, there are like reports of people seeing entities that almost like have no, like like almost like their heads are in, yeah. in their chest. Right, yeah. And the three-toe thing. <laughs> There's That's another Three-toe tracks. Yeah. Uh, we walked down another hallway, through a room, down a ramp, and into another room. We came into a room that looked like a hospital room. There were many beds, or at least some type of bed, an Eben-style bed, as I described them before. And each bed was a living being, as the doctor called it. The doctor told us that each being was alive and well cared for. 700 asked the doctor if these beings were ill or sick. EBE2 had to translate that, but the doctor said no. They were being lit. They are being lived. Okay. So almost essentially means. like they're being kept alive. Right. Yeah, that's probably what that means. The three of us really seemed stunned by that word, lived. I asked EBE2 what the doctor meant. EBE2 exchanged word with the doctors, and then EBE2 used the word groan. So they Oh. Were, yes. Oh. Okay. Yes. 700 asked the doctor if these were clone beings. That he mentioned before, the doctor said yes, that each being was being grown, using the same word EBE2 had just used. 754 asked the doctor if these beings were being grown like a plant. The doctor said yes, that's a good comparison. 700 asked the doctor how they're grown. The doctor said that certain parts of other beings were being used to grow these beings. The doctor said he could not explain the process in English because he didn't have the words to use. 700 then asked EBE2 if she could explain the growing process. EBE2 said she did not know the English words. She stated that parts of the blood and other organs are used to mix a substance that is placed inside the bodies of these beings. That was all EBE2 could explain in English. I told 700 to go back and get 420 to bring him back with us. While we waited for 420, we looked at the beings. They were breathing. They looked like humans, most of them. Two of the beings on the end looked like humans with dog heads. These beings were not awake. Well, I mean, at least that's totally not anything that could be here on our planet. Yeah, they definitely couldn't have had a convention last week about just this exact (laughs) fucking thing we're talking about right now. Yeah, that's fucked. (laughs) Like that. Oh, man. The implications (laughs) of that alone? Like, that, that could explain... So much. So much. 
so much. Uh, here I am, like everything's interdimensional, when everything oh. could just be seeded by these fucking dicks. I mean, really, and really, realistically, if you think about it, holy fuck. I mean, I hate to go down a rabbit hole, but like, you know how like people say Bigfoot has like paranormal qualities about it. What if, what if on other planets animals can just cloak like that? Like that's just what they do. Yeah. Right, and then these assholes—they're cloning them and just dropping them in here to see what happens. Dude, it's so fucked. It, oh man, you know, and that's just one fucking example. Yeah, they, yeah, that could explain a lot. And like, just just mark that part. We're, we're, we're going to get into it later on, maybe in a, in a different episode. But I'll I'll talk to you after this episode. Okay, because it, yeah, it definitely is. Because I'm the first thing that also pops into my head is like. Like, uh, Third Reich experiments. Oh, yeah. For sure. soldiers. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. So, these beings were not awake. They were either sleeping or drugged. 420 returned. I told 420 to see if he could translate the method used to grow these beings. 420 then spoke with EBE, too. 420 is really good. However long, however long we've been there, some guess about 18 months in Earth time, 420 learned the language well. 420 then said that the growing process involved cells taken from other beings, grown and mixed with certain chemicals, and then inserted in the body of other beings. That was about all 420 could explain. 420 did not know the words EBE2 used, but the word cells were used. EBE2 then told me that some things were taken from inside the cells. 7754 then asked if the items taken from inside the cells were cell membranes or identification markers for the cells. EBE2 translated that to the doctor. Both seemed confused and said they could not explain the process because they did not know the English words for it. 700 used, advanced, uh, used the word advanced biological extraction of cell membranes, but neither EBE2 nor the doctor knew anything about this process. I asked 754 if he might understand what they were doing. 754 said that human cells contain smaller substances that can identify the structure within the membranes of the cell. This isn't something that Earth technology has advanced, but 754 has read about it prior to leaving. But 754 doesn't think that Earth technology can be used to grow living cells into what the Ebens have done here. The Ebens have found a way to grow cells and to make them into living beings. 7754 said nothing like this is known on Earth. I then asked the doctor if 308's body was used to create a being. The doctor said yes and showed us the being. I was shocked. Uh-oh. I was shocked, as was 7754. This being, with our teammates' blood and cells, looked like a large Eben, but the hands and legs were similar to humans. How could they have grown this being so quickly? Obviously, this was well above our intelligence. I saw all I wanted to see. I told the doctor that we would like to leave now. EBE2 saw that I was getting upset, and she touched my hand. Instantly, I felt concern. EBE2 was really concerned about what I'd seen. Uh, EBE2 said that we would leave now. We traveled outside of this building, a building that I did not wish to see again. I saw the dark side of this civilization. The Ebens are not the humane civilization that we thought they were, but I must say that they did not hide anything from us. The doctor spoke straight to us, just like the Ebens had. They don't know how to lie. Seeing what we saw will change our impression of the Ebens as long as we stay on this planet. Well, to be fair, like right, <clears throat> out of the, right near the end there, it makes me come back to a conversation we've had before about 
beings being so intelligent that they don't they don't need to lie. No. And they don't they don't need to have emotion. Like all that is a human construct. Like all of it to to a a being who is that intelligent. There there's they don't even it's not even in the realm of possibility. Like there's no point in lying. There's no point and having emotion because there's too much to do. There's too much to yeah. That's put, probably. You know. I mean, if if you want to think about it, that's probably the human's greatest fatal flaw. Oh yeah, is our emotions. People yeah. that react emotionally do not react sanely. Right. You know, exactly. They, they do not react logically. Yeah. So the fact that they they are so much more evolved than us that they can put most of those emotions on the back burner because they said EBE two could could tell that. That we were upset. Right, right. So, so they have the ability to know when these emotions are kicking in and when it's a good time to like wrap shit up. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good that's a good observation. It does make you wonder if they just evolved to or maybe 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 well no, I don't know what they're maybe they're just taught to push that shit to the back burner, like you said. Like, hey, yeah. We have these stupid little feelings. This clouds your judgment. Yes. Do not. Don't. Because it's a waste of time. It just screws everything up. Yep. Yep. Um, from here, since that was heavy, we're going to go into some aspects of uh, Serpo the planet. They said there was a period of darkness, but not total darkness. The even planet is located within a solar system of the Zeta Reticular star system. The planet had two suns but their angles were small and allowed some darkness on the planet depending on one's location on the planet. The planet was tilted, which to allow the northern part of the planet to be cooler. The planet was just a little bit smaller than the size of Earth. The atmosphere was similar to Earth's and contained the elements of Chon, carbon, hydrogen, oxygen, and nitrogen. Zeta Reticular is approximately 37 light years from Earth. The bright suns of the even planet also presented problems. Although they had sunglasses, they still suffered from the bright sunlight and the danger of sun exposures. The radiation levels of the planet were a little bit higher than that of Earth. They were careful to cover their bodies at all times when they were out in front of the suns. The Ebens had no forms of refrigeration, except in their industries. The temperature of the planet at the center portion stayed between 94 degrees and 115 degrees. They did, not, or they did have clouds and rain, but not very frequently. The northern hemisphere of the planet, the temperature dropped between 55 and 80 degrees. This was too cool for the Ebens, or at least most of them. Our team did find Ebens living in the north, but only in very small villages. Our team eventually relocated to the north to stay cooler. The ground transportation used by our team was similar to a helicopter, which was a heli-transport, probably the same thing that took them to the cloning facility. Uh, the power system was a sealed energy device that provided electrical power and lift for the craft. It was very easy to fly, and our pilots learned the system within days. The Ebens did have vehicles which floated above the ground and did not have any tires or wheels. They did have leaders, but no real form of government. There was virtually no crime seen by the team. They had an army, which, was, which also acted as the police force, but no guns or weapons of any type were seen by our team in this capacity. There were regular meetings within each small community. There was one large community which acted as a central point in the civilization. All the industry was at this one large community. There was no money. 
Every Eben was issued what they needed. No stores, no malls, no shopping locations. There was a central distribution center where Ebens went to obtain all items that they needed. All Ebens worked, worked in some capacity. Children were kept very isolated. The only trouble our team ever got into was when they attempted to photograph the Eben children. The Army politely escorted them away and cautioned them not to do it again. This energy source. The Eben's energy device was analyzed over and over again by our team. Since our team did not have access to scientific microscopes or other measuring equipment, we could not understand the function of the energy device. See, here I find a um, little inconsistency because I'm pretty sure in the list of shit that they said that they took, they had microscopes and, and scientific equipment. Granted, maybe something had happened in the years that they've been there. Right. But this did stand out to me like, how the fuck are you going to go to another planet and not take a goddamn microscope? Yeah, it seems... Uh, Sus. And, and on top of all the other bullshit you took. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You took I a mean, goddamn lawnmower, but you're not taking a microscope. Yeah. So I'm going to assume that maybe the microscopes had either deteriorated in the years they've been there right. or did not make it through all of the moving and shit. Yeah. We said, regardless of the electrical demand, the Eben energy device provided the proper current and wattage for whatever it needed to power. That's awesome. That is awesome. Um, our team surmised that the device had some sort of regulator that sensed the required current and wattage and then supplied that specific amount. Note, our team members brought back two energy devices for analysis. To S- Earth? To Earth. Fucking, I want one. I need one because my Amarin bill's fucked up. Well, that and my phone dies. So fuck you, Amarin. Yeah. <clears throat> I could use that bitch on my weed eater. This is where it gets weird. Serpo revolved around only one of the two suns. The other sun was within the two orbits of oh, Earth that's and weird. the original sun. So essentially... One sun had more of a gravitational pull, right? Well, physics doesn't work the way our physics works. Oh. Because the gra- you would still think that two like galactic bodies would have enough gravitational pull to not keep something in a, in a specific orbit being that close. Right. I think they get into it more later on, but I, I would say I don't there. I don't really understand all that mumbo jumbo, but neither. I'll me. roll with it. Our team found evidence of past earthquakes. Fault lines were found on the northern tip of the southern hemisphere. That's a question I have too. Uh, why? I wonder what does does do we ever get into why some of the Ebens lived in the north in small villages? I have no idea. Because it seems it seems kind of weird. Maybe they got exiled. Maybe. Go and to it, the go to the cold place. And it also like to revalidate your observation on them having emotions like. Why else would they have a police force, right? Yeah. To kind of police them and yeah, you know what I mean? Because I mean, you're you're probably gonna have fuckheads wherever you go. Uh, yeah, yeah, for fair, fair. But we we we've heard in other studies that some of these beings are so intelligent that they don't they have zero emotion. They don't give a fuck. Like they, yeah. and it almost seems like you know malice is a part of that. Anger is a part. Like things yeah. that would drive crime. Things that would drive. And because they seem like they make their society ultra efficient on top of it, like the power's free, 
you go to this place to get your food and everything you need. Like there's there should be no reason. I mean, they do live for in crime. That's that's true. I don't know, especially if they don't like have things. Essentially, right, right. I don't. Yeah, know. there's nothing to want for. Or maybe maybe it's not to keep people in check. Maybe it's to protect them from from like. All these other beings that they're Hey, good point. Good point. What if a being good goes point. rogue and then they need someone to put them down? Maybe they have yep. this like hyper train. That makes sense. That makes sense. That makes more sense. Uh, earthquakes. Yeah, exfoliation was observed along the along with extrusive rocks that indicated magma flows in the past as well. Our team brought back hundreds of sample of serpo soil, vegetation, water, and other items for testing on Earth. During our team's exploration, they discovered numerous types of animals. The strangest was what they called the beast, which looked like a large ox. The animal was timid and never seemed to be hostile. You brought that here? Is that what you just, like, is that what you just said? Uh, we brought... Uh, we, did we bring it back alive? I'll read it again. Our team brought back hundreds of samples of serpo, serpo soil, vegetation, water, and other items for testing. During our team's exploration, they discovered numerous types of animals. The strangest was the beast, which looked like a large ox. It doesn't specifically say they brought the beast back. Okay. But it brought back samples of things. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Another animal looked like a mountain lion, but had long fur around its neck. This animal was curious, but not considered hostile by the Ebens. During our exploration of the Quadrant 4 of the Southern Hemisphere, the team found a very long, large creature that appeared to be a snake. This creature was deadly, as explained by the Ebens. The head of the creature was large and contained almost human-like eyes. This was the only time our team used their weapons and killed the creatures, or killed a creature. The Eben didn't appear, or the Ebens didn't appear upset that the team killed the creature, but they were upset that they used a weapon. Uh, the team had brought uh, 45 caliber military-issued handguns and four M2 carbine rifles. After killing the creature, the team dissected it. The internal organs were strange, nothing similar to an Earth-style snake. The creature measured 15 feet long and one and a half feet in diameter. Nope. That's what I'm saying. I don't like. No I don't like way. Earth snakes, so I'm sure. No way. Fuck not. And what? What did they with a Martian anaconda. Like, are you supposed to go Bruce Lee on a 15-foot snake? Is that like, hey, hey guys, yeah, like we don't have we don't have a problem with you killing crocodile hunter, killing these snakes, but you're supposed to be using your hands unless they have a different way of using force that, like with their minds, like a Jedi mind trick. Yeah, fuck yeah. Just convince the snake to eat itself. (laughs) Yeah, just makes the like oh oberus or whatever the snake eating its tail. Uh, the team was very curious about this snake's eyes. Examination of the eyes revealed cones similar to human eyes. The eye contained an iris, and the back contained a large nerve similar to the optic nerve feeding into the creature's brain. The brain was large, much larger than any earth-based snake. The team wanted to eat the meat from the creature, but the Eben's guides politely told them no. Which makes you wonder, this just connected in my brain. Cannibalism? If the Ebens are using humans... To create creatures, yeah. and this snake creature has a bunch of human features. Yeah. Evens are like, nah, you're probably not going to want to eat that. Yeah, that's cannibalism, bro. Galactic domers, you probably aren't going to want to eat that. That is interesting, and uh, yeah, it, it's a it's a fair question to ask. On top of you know, 
like just why can't we eat it like is it because you guys like are you're all ve- hardcore vegans or I, I love that 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 is a hundred percent human they're like we killed it can we eat this motherfucker yeah oh yeah <laughs> I'm about yeah. to Start fire up the barbecue grill we brought. Hook yeah. to the back of the lawnmower. We're about to have some yeah. anaconda cue tonight. Yeah, I, I, dude, it would be it would be ultra sus if it had human eyes. Can you at imagine? You. Like the Ebens are standing there, and we got this thing cut open, and we're holding the human eyes, looking at it, and we're like, "It looks a lot like us." Yo, dogs, can we, can we eat this shit? <laughs> and they're like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" <laughs> like, <laughs> no intelligent life on that planet either. No. Apparently. We have now declassified you from beings to <laughs> creatures. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> the bodies of water on Serpo did not contain fish, as we know fish. Some bodies near the equator did contain strange-looking creatures similar to eels. Small, about 8 to 10 inches long, probably a cousin of the land-based snake that was killed. There was something like a jungle near the marshlands, but the jungle, but not like jungles we're familiar with. Uh, these are some creatures that were uh, seen and documented on Serpo. There's an armadillo-like creature that is not aggressive. It just scared the team members. The Eben guide directed some type of sound very high-pitched at the armadillo creature, and it scared it away. These creatures were seen at several locations around the planet. Some were larger than others, but they were not aggressive. So they could be using some sort of infrasound like a, weapons. Yeah, yeah fair. Fair. Um, the only the snake-like creature was aggressive, which forced the team to kill one. The snake-like creatures were located just at just one location, and the team had never seen another one. As for birds, there were two type of flying creatures. One resembled a hawk, and the other looked like a large flying squirrel. Neither were aggressive, and the team could never catch one for examinations. Insects. For insects, they had small bugs, similar to cro- cockroaches, but smaller. They were harmless, but did get into the team's equipment. They had a hardened shell with a soft interior body. The team never observed any flying insects, such as flies, wasps, etc. Several other small bugs were found and identified. Well, hopefully they didn't have ticks or mosquitoes. That's what I'm saying. Sign me up for that shit. Uh, oh, man, I still got a long way to go here. Um, What time we got? 55 minutes. Five minutes. I'll get into this this one here for a little bit, and then we'll, we'll uh, wrap this episode up. As far as the Eben civilization goes, the Eben civilization is estimated to be about 10,000 years old. They evolved from another planet, not on Serpo. The original home planet of the Ebens were threatened with extreme volcanic activity. Ac- activity. Activity. The Ebens had to relocate to Serpo in order to protect their civilization. This occurred some 5,000 years ago. The Ebens had a great interplanetary battle with another race about 3,000 years ago. The Ebens lost many thousands in their battle, but the Ebens completely eliminated all of their enemy. Oh, great. Absolute genocidal maniacs. So they are extremely efficient (laughs) at eradication. Yes. And cool. I'm feeling like this other this other fucking uh, race was no slouch if they if they put a dent in the evil. Right. Yeah. Exactly. But for them to completely eradicate an entire race, it seems a little extreme. Yeah. The Ebens have never fought another war since. Yeah, because everybody is like, "Oh, <laughs> fuck that." Yeah. These are global yeah, killers. So, yeah. So yeah, if you if listen. 
the evens they're not so bad they're 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 weirdos right but here's the thing you start trying to fight them not only do they win but they will eradicate like they eradicate the your entire species yeah like they they make it a point like oh we're like we will kill all of you if you decide you up yeah yeah like it it is the most extreme the most extreme like we'll we'll never have a repeat of history because we're just going to get rid of your entire species yeah every other every other interplanetary race is like man we're just going to stay the fuck away from them yeah because if you can't win and kill all of them they will kill all of you and clone you and clone and so dog heads to you (laughs) so that sucks yeah we're gonna wrap it up right there that the evens are absolute bangers so you don't want to fight them again tune in next week for part three i don't know how many parts are gonna be i still got a lot of information but we're getting into it there's a lot of information let's go let's go so thank you for hanging out with me today and listening to my uh ramblings here Check us out next week for part three. And until... Oh, yeah. Check us out at all our socials. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Reddit, Discord, blah, blah, blah. All of it. Until next week, stay safe. Stay weird. And... Uh, the Dogman is uh, even experimentation. How's that for controversy? <laughs> <laughs>